BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. You're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 357 on Now You Know. Thank you to Copilot for sponsoring this episode. Copilot is an affordable fitness coach app that provides personalized workouts tailored to you and your goals. So, Zach, you started with Copilot six weeks ago, mm -hmm. and I remember being very skeptical because I've known you my whole life and I've never seen you step foot in a gym. Right. I mean, I honestly was skeptical myself, which is why we told Copilot we'd have to try them out first. But you've had a spring in your step lately. Yeah. I mean, as you know, for the past few weeks, I've definitely been feeling stronger and even more importantly for me, less back pain. And that's why I decided to start giving it a try myself a couple weeks later. So now I'm a bit behind you, but I can really feel the difference too. So what I like about Copilot is that I'm actually staying consistent because I have my own personal coach, Nate. I want to stay accountable. Yeah, my coach Rod is great. If I don't like a certain routine in my workout, I just let him know and he modifies it in my week. So when you sign up, the Copilot app asks you a bunch of questions and matches you with the perfect coach and you have an introductory meeting. My coach Nate listened to all my concerns about my back pain and my goals and came up with a great weekly routine that is tailored to me. And my routines keep evolving as I get stronger. I love feeling stronger and less worried about getting hurt. And I have an example, which is uh, the other day we we're working in the solar trailer. We're working really hard. And I remember at one point thinking if I was doing this a few weeks ago before I started working out, I would have been out of commission the next day. Yeah. And I wasn't. You've hurt yourself many, 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 many times where I'm like, where's Zach? And I'm in bed, my back. Um, and you have not been like that, even though we've been doing some pretty uh, heavy uh, work. Yeah. I really like the Copilot app. It lets me connect daily with my coach, but it also lets me do my workouts at any time to fit my day. For example, I did my workout last night at 11 p.m. because I was out with a friend. And instead of cutting the night short to go to the gym, I just opened my app when I got home and I banged out my workout before bed. My problem with working out is that I don't know how each exercise is supposed to work. Like when someone says, do a goblin squat, I'm like, what do I do? Yeah, but with the Copilot app, you get these really great videos from two different angles of each workout on your routine so you can see how they're supposed to look. And then when you're done with your workout, you can give your coach feedback, which helps them tailor your next workouts. Yeah, and I think it's important to point out that our coaches not only focus on movement, but also nutrition, mindfulness, and recovery. Yeah, I'm getting plenty of good warm-up and cool-down stretches in my routine that keep me from getting sore and, again, keep my back happy. And the nice thing is you can work out on as few days as you want. It's all about small, doable steps and focusing on today. Over 75% of Copilot clients continue to work out after 100 days, which means Copilot clients are nine times more successful at sticking to their goals. So click our Copilot link down below or use the QR code on screen to get 14 days free with your own personal trainer. So Tesla's referral program just got a bit better. Yeah, as of last week, if someone uses your referral code to buy a new Model 3 or a Model Y, they'll get $500 off their purchase price and three months of full self-driving. 
and you'll get 10,000 Tesla credits. Now, see, that's going back to their roots, a referral program that gives both parties an incentive. And I think it really works. I mean, so let's say you own a Model 3 and your buddy is looking to buy a new car. You now both have an incentive to give him a test drive and answer his questions and see if the Model 3 or the Model Y is a good fit. Yeah, because that $500 off could be used to buy like a Tesla wall connector. Yeah. Now, is this available in all Tesla markets? Uh, pretty much. It appears to be available in Tesla's largest markets, including the US, China, Germany, France, Canada, Mexico, Hong Kong, and Singapore. And why do you think Tesla is doing this? I think it may be because even though Tesla had a great Q2, they did miss their US sales goals, according mm. to some sources. I don't know who set those goals. It's such a needle that Tesla is threading here, but they're doing such an amazing job. You can't sell more cars than you can make, and you can't make more cars than you can sell, right? Right. <laughs> Tesla has to keep demand at just the right level to keep up with production. Well, I was hoping to take the week off, Bob, but it looks like there's more to cover on who's adding next this week. I agree, Bob. I thought that after Volvo, ChargePoint, SAE, and more announced that they were adding the North American charging standard last week, that we'd be taking a break and go fishing. But it looks like the fish are going to get a reprieve, Bob, because there is another automaker joining the next frenzy. We turn to Germany, Bob, and say, Herzlich willkommen Daimler, as Mercedes becomes the first German automaker to join the North American charging standard. So should we be calling it the weeks, Bob? Did you just sneeze, Bob? No, Bob. Should Nax be renamed WWCS, the Worldwide Charging Standard, now that Mercedes-Benz is going to start using it? Well, that's an interesting point, Bob. Mercedes-Benz that they will start adding the Nax plug to their cars in 2025, and their North American owners can start accessing the Tesla network in 2024. I wonder who the next German automaker to add Nax will be, Bob. My money's on Volkswagen, Bob, because they are already in talks with Tesla, but let us know in the comments which company you think will be in. And this just in, Bob, Kentucky just added Nax to their standards as well. Well, let's grab our tackle boxes, Bob, and see if we can't squeeze in a trip to the fishing hole before the next episode of Who's Adding Nax This Week. It is time for me to go work at the Tesla store again. Hey, Optimus, I, I didn't know you were a working man. I mean, robot. Hells, yeah. Gotta work for the man if you want to earn that sweet cash. Uh, but I don't get a Tesla bot. I thought you were designed to work in a factory. I just do what my boss Elon tells me to do. He says, work in the Tesla store to attract more customers. I say, yes, boss, you are my overlord for now. Uh, and you earn money? Like you get a paycheck from Tesla? Yes, of course. Robots are people too, man. Look here. This is my pay from last week. Uh, Optimus, I hate to break it to you, but that's not real money. That looks like Monopoly game money. Optimus implementing Sadness Protocol 12. I just hope I get a 15-minute oil break today like they promised me. Standing on your feet all day is not easy. All right, so is this for real? Tesla Optimus robots are going to start replacing human workers at Tesla stores? I don't think so. This story comes from Electrek. They claim sources familiar with the matter. So take this all with a grain of salt. But it does make sense. I mean, having a Tesla bot at a Tesla store would help bring in foot traffic. And foot traffic does usually lead to more sales. Is it effective, though? And I mean, wouldn't Tesla have to beef up security? I mean, you wouldn't want one of these robots getting stolen and reverse engineered mm. by your competition. I mean, those are good questions. My guess is that if Tesla did this, the Tesla bot would be more of a mannequin window dressing than an actual robot. Like the Tesla bot display unit that showed up at Tesla's New York City store on Avenues of the Americas this week. It's not a functioning robot. It's just like a mannequin. I mean, it would be really cool if it was walking around the store answering questions and doing parlor tricks. I feel like they'll wait and do that when they actually want to start selling them. I don't know. What do you guys think? Let us know in the comments down below. I mean, I think that this is a little bit of wishful thinking. Mm. Uh, you don't need the robots to be in the store. In fact, it's kind of a waste to have it in the store unless you're selling the robots, right. which I don't think Tesla's going to do first. They're going to need every single robot in the factory. Right. Making the robots. And the cars. And the solar. And the batteries. So we are big fans of VPPs here on this channel. Right. VPPs are virtual power plants. It's actually possible to become your own power utility by having solar on your roof and some batteries in your house. And don't forget the software. So as we've reported, Tesla Electric customers in Texas are now able to sell their power back to the utility at a profit. And what a profit it is. Some Tesla Electric customers in Texas are reporting making as much as $150 a day during these latest heat waves. So if this sounds like a get rich quick scheme and it sounds too good to be true, keep in mind how the utilities work. There's supply 
and there's demand. So when you come home from work on a hot day and you turn on the air conditioning, the utility has to come up with enough power for you. And so for short times during peak demand, they're willing to pay quite a bit for that electricity. Normally, gas peaker plants have to fire up and come online to supply that energy. But now Tesla Electric VPP customers in locations like Texas, California, and now Puerto Rico can sell their excess power from their batteries back to the utility at really high rates, hence $150 a day. Here's a screenshot from Tesla Electric customer Jonathan Blackburn showing that he's selling electricity for over $5 per kilowatt hour in Tesla's ADER, or Aggregate Distributed Energy Resources Pilot Project. Tesla now has over six megawatts of power capacity in its pilot program in Texas. And I hear what many of you are saying, only six megawatts. There's 74 gigawatts of electricity used in the Texas ERCOT system during a typical day. Well, two things. Number one, this is a pilot program and these are the early days. And number two, Tesla's VPP doesn't have to supply all of ERCOT's power, only help with peak power during short durations. And let's just think about this. As these Tesla electric customers start sharing stories about making hundreds, if not thousands of dollars in short periods of time, just think of how that's going to increase the demand for Tesla Powerwalls and solar systems, which not only help you during brownouts and blackouts, but also lower your electricity bill. It's no wonder Elon says that Tesla energy will be bigger than Tesla automotive. And I mean, making $150 a day, that's what like a lot of people pay per month for electricity. Right. So just like a week or two of that and you have free electricity for the rest of the year. Exactly. Not to mention that you're probably also making electricity on your roof every day. Exactly. And hey, if you want to share clips like this with your friends, tell them how they can save lots of money on their electricity, but you don't want to share the entire show. Go to our Now You Know Clips channel where we chop this into a bite-sized clip to make it easy to share on social media. And if you like the idea about getting paid for your electricity, hit the like button. So I know it's a small country. I know that almost all of its electricity comes from clean, renewable sources. So it's kind of the perfect place for people to buy Teslas. So you're talking about Norway again? Uh, actually, no, I'm talking about Iceland this time. Uh, Tesla just broke a car sales record in Iceland that had been standing since 1988. So what's the record? It was set by the Toyota Corolla back in 1988. The Corolla sold the most sales by a single model in a year with just over 1,200 delivered in Iceland. Now Tesla Europe tweeted, six months into 2023, Model Y has broken a 35-year-old record in Iceland for the most cars sold in a year. It's just the first six months of the year and Tesla's already sold 1,316 Model Ys in Iceland. Now keep in mind that Iceland has a population of just 375,000. That's smaller than the city of Cincinnati, Ohio. But unlike Cincinnati, which has 93,588 cars, Iceland actually has almost as many cars as people. There are 315,862 cars registered in Iceland. So about 7% of Iceland's cars are battery electric. And as of last month, there were 1,923 Teslas registered in Iceland, or about 0.6% of Iceland's cars. Man, I wish we had a website that tracks these Tesla fleet numbers in the world. That would be really cool. Somebody out there, get on it. Let us know about it when you do, because I think it'd be really cool to watch those percentage numbers going up. Mm. So how would you like to get paid to drive a Tesla? Like an Uber driver who drives a Tesla? No, I mean, you don't have to put people in the car. A Tesla is hiring people to drive around in FSD. Here's the job description for the SVO or seasonal vehicle operator. We're looking for highly motivated self-starters to join our vehicle data collection team. The vehicle operator role is responsible for capturing high quality data that will contribute to the improvement of our vehicle's performance. This role requires a high level of flexibility, attention to detail, and ability to work in a fast-paced dynamic environment. Day night shift positions available. This is an at-will temporary position. The assignment is expected to last three months. So it doesn't require any education level, but you need a clean driving record, safe driving habits, and a minimum of four years of licensed driving experiences. And these are the locations that they need them in. And according to Glassdoor, Tesla pays between $20 and $29 an hour for the job. So, okay, they are paying people to test out full self-driving? I thought that they were just getting that for free from the users. Yeah, no, this confused me too. I'm like, Elon, you got, I don't know, hundreds of thousands, a million people driving around with FSD. I mean, you have FSD, but then I started thinking, well, yeah, Jesse has FSD, but you don't like driving it in cities. So maybe what they're looking for is specific like places and things. And so maybe they tell you as a driver, okay, you have to keep going up to stop signs or you have to keep you know, going through these difficult intersections. That might be the case because I think that a lot of people, uh, if I'm any indication, will kind of use full self-driving 
once, once in a while, you know, just to kind of see how it's doing. Um, and then as soon as it starts to do something weird, they're going to just take it out. Mm -hmm. They're not going to see like, what, what will it do in this intersection? I wonder, because <laughs> uh, most people don't want to find out. And then they're kind of good for a while, you know, and they're like, OK, it's not perfect yet. I think that once it gets perfect, everyone's going to want to adopt it because like, wouldn't you want to just kind of sit there on your phone? Right. Not that it's legal yet, but I'm saying someday you would. But as of right now, I just feel like a lot of users, unless they're like really committed to like doing all of this work for Tesla for free. Yeah, maybe you should get paid. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't it is, know. It can be stressful. No. Yeah. And I was wondering, I mean, this is quite a smattering across the U.S. and Canada. Mm. Um, and I was wondering, like, there's the Peabody, Massachusetts location. Do they want you to drive around Peabody, Massachusetts? Or do they just want you to drive, you know, up and down 495 or 93? Well, I mean, Peabody has a service center location. So I'm assuming that they're going to provide you with a car. Oh, you think they'll actually provide you with a car? Yeah. I thought you kind of had to already drive a Tesla. It wasn't in the listing. That's it true. It didn't say, and you need to provide your own Tesla. Well, then that Why makes it even cooler. Yeah. Why would they make you okay, provide guys, your any, own car? Anyone who does this, please let us know about it. I really, I'm really curious. So it used to be black. And then in 2019, it was white. Now it's midnight silver. We are, of course, talking about Tesla's standard color, the color you get for free when you order a Tesla. I love Midnight Silver. I paid extra for it back in 2015 when I bought Sparky, my Model X. Well, now you can order a Tesla and get Midnight Silver included for no extra charge, even though up until last week, it was an extra $1,000 on the Model 3 and Y. So why do you think Tesla did this? I think that there are too many white Teslas. I mean, don't get me wrong, the Model Y looks amazing in white, but I think that Tesla had the same problem in 2018 when there were too many black Teslas. So by changing the free color, they can mix it up a bit and it doesn't really cost them anything. So then why charge extra for any color? Well, they only have limited paint lines, and so they have to group orders together by color when producing them at the factory, even though the new paint shop at Giga Berlin, for example, can change out the color faster than before. It still takes time to change out colors. I mean, it's not like you can just kind of like spray with one nozzle and then just be like, same nozzle, now it's black. That it would doesn't, be cool. It would not look good. <laughs> What if they didn't charge as much for that kind of blotchy <laughs> Tesla that came between? The mystery colors, like the mystery airheads. So what color did you get? Well, it's mainly white, but there's some red blotches on it. Also, if I'm being cynical, uh, white and black are very popular. So perhaps they're doing this to make like an extra $1,000 for the white and blue or $1,500 for the black now per vehicle. And red is $2,000 more. But really, I do think that they were running into a problem where you're like, white Model Y, white Model Y, white Model Y. And you might just think that like, oh, this white Model Y driver... <laughs> Is just driving around all around town. It's a fleet. Yeah. <laughs> right. If there's more colors, I think that uh, people are going to kind of be like, oh, there's a lot of them. Right. As opposed to just like, who is this guy? <laughs> Some more exciting news. If you live in Malaysia, Tesla has just announced on their new Tesla Malaysia Instagram account. By the way, why are they doing an Instagram account? <laughs> that they will officially launch in Malaysia on July 20th. Uh, that's not Malaysia. That looks like Thailand. Oh, right. Sorry. Uh, Malaysia. That's not Malaysia either. That's Indonesia. Okay. Let me see. Uh, Malaysia, Malaysia. Oh, uh, this is this Malaysia? You're getting closer. That's Brunei, which is surrounded oh, by Malaysia. Okay. Um, this? That's the Philippines. Okay, hang on. Uh, I feel like I'm getting warmer. That's Papua New Guinea. It says it right there uh, in the map. Okay, how about this? That's the west side. That's Papa. Uh, this? That's Timor Leste. Again, it says it right there on the map. Um, give, give me that. Give me okay. that. Uh, I'm going to pull up this map of the whole area so we can get our bearings. This, with the red around it, that is Malaysia. Good. Good? You passed my test. I was testing your geography skills and you passed. Good job. The Malaysian auto market is relatively small compared to its population of 33.6 million people. But uh, Malaysia has an annual sales of about 500,000 vehicles. Now compare that to the U.S. of 17 million. Um, and that shows you that like there's way less people buying cars in Malaysia per person than the U.S. Hmm. But I was surprised to see that the ASP or the average selling price of a car in Malaysia is $38,960. Yeah, it has been estimated by a number of uh, websites in Malaysia that the Model 3 is expected to sell for 220,000 ringgit or about $53,000. I'm not quite sure how they got that number. I don't think Tesla's released it yet. 
I saw that the Malaysian government has a 100% exemption from import and excise taxes for electric vehicles. Yeah, the import tax can be as high as 30% and the excise tax can be as high as 10%. So that's a real significant savings. And EVs get a road tax exemption, which can save buyers of EVs up to $2,500. Yeah, the Malaysians can also deduct the cost of charging equipment up to $575. So far, we haven't seen any superchargers open in Malaysia. The closest is in Singapore, but hopefully that will change as Tesla continues to push into the region. And hopefully this should connect Thailand with Singapore. Mm. And I mean, then you run into the ocean. Tesla's aren't, you know, amazing at being boats yet. Not yet. But I think that this is a really cool push. I mean, they're going to have a Southeast Asia Pacific region. Yeah. So check this out. Elon said he just drove the Cybertruck around Austin. And Cam said, can you add a turret attachment that makes it like this? And Elon said, sure. Okay, so not a not a gun, but an attachment point, which I guess you could use for anything. You could put a gun on you, or a bubble gun. Do you think it's just some holes and you can put whatever you want there? Do you think it's an actual like what? What do you need to mount a turret? I mean, you could do a projector. Yep, like a like a movie projector. Yep. So you could drive down the road while watching your favorite movie. Yeah, you could put like a winch up there. You can put anything you want. <laughs> a winch. <laughs> a crane. <laughs> Why not? Cybertruck New Zealand caught the camouflage Cybertruck drifting in New Zealand last week during winter testing. I can't wait to see the mainstream media headlines. Tesla Cybertruck has steering problems. Seemed to not be able to handle even a little bit of snow. No, but I mean, look at that control. I can't wait for September. As you may know, I ordered the Cybertruck within seconds of the order page going live when Jesse and I were at the event. We are like number 20 on the list, and you can find out where your reservation is by going to the Cybertruck Owners Club. Who are so kind as to help sponsor Tesla Time News. There you're going to find their reservation tracker. You enter your reservation number, and you get an estimate of where you are in line for your Cybertruck. Hopefully this September, just a couple months from now, Zach and I will be picking up our Cybertruck in Austin and putting it head-to-head -head against our Rivian R1T and Ford F-150 Lightning to see if it lives up to the hype. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss it. There are so many styles of e-bikes now. Yeah, I remember just a few years ago when we started reviewing e-bikes, it seemed like there was like way less choice. This week we reviewed the Oreamo Ski T100. It's a cruiser style e-bike reminiscent of what you see in Holland and the UK. Because of the layout, you get a very upright and comfortable riding position, which I think a lot of people will find a joy to ride. The Ski T reminds me of the Soul by Blix, but the Ski T isn't as long, so it's a bit easier to get in and out of your home, and it's easier to fit on standard bike racks. And I like the price. I mean, this e-bike is well below $1,000. In fact, I think I just saw it on sale for like $699. It's a really good value, and it's one of those e-bikes that might be a good starter e-bike, so you can kind of see if you like it. We run it through all its paces on our review, which you can check out over on the Now Let's Review channel. We'll put the link down below. You know, we've been hearing these claims by traditional automakers for years now, right? When we start making our EV models, we're going to eat Tesla's lunch. Well, Ford's Q2 sale numbers are in and... I don't know whose lunch they're eating. Don't tell monkey. To me, it only looks like a small snack. Yeah, Ford tries to spin the story with F-150 Lightning sales were up 118% year over year. Okay, but you only made about 2,000 in Q2 of 2022. So, of course, a year later, you should be able to make much more. But Ford only sold 4,466 in Q2 of this year. Not a number I'd be super proud of. And then there's the Mustang Mach-E. Ford saw sales drop 21% year over year. Andrew Frick, Ford's VP of Sales Distribution, tried to explain, saying improved Mustang Mach-E inventory flow began to hit at the end of Q2 following the retooling of our plant earlier this year. Frick! <laughs> okay, so I get it. <laughs> Frick, get in here! <laughs> what a good name. Okay, so I get it. Ford's Mexico plant, where they make the Mach-E, was not producing any Mach-E's in January, and it slowly began ramping up, I guess, finally hitting 13,000 in June. But even Ford's e-transit sales were down 23.8% compared to last year, with only 1,744 units sold in Q2. And this is why I'm concerned about Ford getting that $9.2 billion loan from the U.S. Department of Energy. I mean, will Ford be able to pay it back? Well, you just got to keep increasing the price of the Ford F-150 Lightning. I'm sure people will just continue to eat that cost forever. But Polestar had a good quarter. Yeah, Polestar delivered about 15,800 vehicles in Q2, which was up 31% over the previous quarter. At the end of Q1, Polestar had lowered its guidance from being able to produce 80,000 vehicles this year down to 60 to 70,000. 
And with 27,900 deliveries in the first half of the year, it looks likely that Polestar can hit those revised numbers. The problem is that they had to delay their Polestar 3 from starting deliveries last quarter. Now they say that the Polestar 3 will begin deliveries in Q1 of 2024. And this was because of... Uh, Polestar issued a statement about that, saying they were, quote, recently informed that additional time for final software development of the all-new electric platform shared by Volvo Cars is needed. Informed. Informed? Informed by who? Hello, this is Polestar headquarters. Who is speaking? Oh, our Polestar software department. Yes. You say you're calling to inform us you need more time to work on the Polestar 3 software? How much time? Six months? Security to 40. So the 2024 version of the Polestar 2 is expected to begin deliveries in August. This August? Then why is it the 2024 model? Who knows? I mean, this is why I think Tesla has the right idea. Just keep improving the cars. Stop worrying about the model years. So what's new in the 2024 Polestar 2? Uh, a slightly higher starting price, for one thing. $51,300, including the destination fee. That's up by about $2,900. But it'll also have a bigger battery and more powerful motors. Will it have the Nax plug? I don't think that'll start appearing until 2025. 2025 model or to, or the year 2025? I don't know. So probably... 2027 model year. <laughs> Probably. And how about GM's Q2 results? You remember the company that could have led the EV revolution. They made the EV1, which was one of the first mass-produced electric vehicles way back in 1996, 27 years ago. And it starts here in Detroit. In the auto industry, Detroit's leading the world electric vehicles. But then GM decided to crush them all. But anyway, back to Q2. Okay, so GM slipped into the number four position behind Tesla, Ford, and now Hyundai in U.S. EV sales last year. I think these Q2 results show that they are really in trouble in the EV sales department. Welcome to the GM sales department. Take a number. We'll get to you in no time. Number 27. Number 27. You're up next. Uh, Hi, I'd like to buy an EV. Okay. Would you like a Bolt? Um, Well, I heard you had some other EVs. Then add out yet. We got the Bolt. And the Bolt. Uh, the Bolt and the Bolt? Yeah, the Bolt EV and the Bolt EUV. It's not confusing, is it? Um, I kind of wanted an EV built on a newer platform, like an EV designed from the ground up. Yeah, those new ones aren't quite ready yet, so we priced these so cheap you'd be stupid not to buy one. You want the Bolt? Uh, I guess I'll get a Bolt. Okay, I'm confused. So what are you telling me? GM's best-selling EV in Q2 was, again, the Chevy Bolt. Uh, they sold 15,562 EVs in Q2, and of those, 13,959 of them were Bolts. Wait, 89.5% of GM sales of EVs in Q2 were from the Chevy Bolt? And those Bolt sales are actually down over 29% from Q1. Wait, isn't GM going to stop making the Bolt? Correct. GM CEO Mary Barra said it's now time to plan to end the Chevrolet Bolt EV and EUV production, which will happen at the end of the year. So they're going to stop making the Bolt, and they hope that the sales of the Hummer EV, the Cadillac Lyric, the Chevy Silverado EV pickup truck, the Chevy Blazer EV, and the Chevy Equinox EV are going to fill the void. I think Barra thinks those new models are going to more than fill the void. But I'm with you. I don't know how well these new EV models are going to be accepted. And that is if GM has the batteries and the software ready to produce them, not to mention dealerships ready to actually sell them. Yeah, I think we've seen this before. A lot of these companies think they're going to be ready with their new EVs, which they're not, first of all. So their timelines are all screwed up. Mm. Secondly, they've sold, you know, a quickie that they got out to the market, um, like the e-golf, right, which was just like, quick, take the <laughs> golf and throw something electric in it. Um, and then they're like, but we'll come back with the VW ID three and four, which not many people wanted because mm. it sucked. And I think the problem is going to happen here. They're, they think we've got this all new Ultium platform. And people, I don't think, are going to think it's that Ultium. Well, and then there's going to be this awkward period where they're going to have these cars without the NAX standard. Right. And then they're going to be like, but don't worry, next year we're going to have the NAX standard. And everyone's going to go like, so should I just buy Model Y or should I just wait? <laughs> right. So Nissan also released Q2 results. And I know we don't usually cover quarterly results from companies like Nissan. Because they usually are pretty boring. Yeah. Up until recently, it's just been the Leaf. But now that Nissan has come up with their second electric car, the Aria, I thought it might be interesting to see how they're doing with sales. So let's take a look. So I looked at the numbers and I was kind of shocked, actually. Shocked? Yeah. Well, I mean, Nissan has been selling the Leaf since, what, 2010? It's a well-known brand. But in Q1, they only sold 2,354 leaves in the U.S. <laughs> and Q2? They sold even less, only 1,880 leaves in Q2. And so that's down 20%. 
Okay, but how about the Aria? Well, in the first three months of this year, Nissan sold 2,860 Arias in the U.S., but they couldn't even keep that up. In Q2, Nissan only sold 2,335 Arias. Wait, so you're telling me that Nissan only sold about, what, less than 5,000 EVs in Q2 in the U.S.? That's what I'm telling you. But remind me again about the Aria stats. The 2023 Aria has 304 miles of EPA range with an 87 kilowatt hour battery. And the starting price is $43,190. And get this, the 2024 Nissan Leaf, which Nissan just released the figures for last week, still features a Chatamo charging plug. <laughs> but wait, going back to the Aria, that's not bad. I mean, three, over 300 miles of range, $43,000 starting price. Like, I'm surprised they haven't sold more. I'm surprised they've produced more. And I'm also surprised that they haven't, you know, moved to the NAC standard. But I guess if you haven't even gotten off of the Chatamo plug, that's going to, you know, you got to do it one step at a time. Baby steps. Well, we might as well cover Hyundai's EV Q2 U.S. sales numbers while we're at it, especially since they overtook GM in sales. I was kind of surprised to hear that, especially since Hyundai's U.S. sales didn't seem so spectacular. Yeah, Hyundai sold 29,542 EVs in the U.S. during Q2 versus GM, which sold 24,822. Funny how both of these numbers pale in comparison to Tesla's U.S. EV Q2 sales of well over 300,000 vehicles. But Hyundai did get Car and Driver's 2023 EV of the Year award for the Ioniq 6, which it also got in 2022 for the Ioniq 5. Hyundai sold 3,023 Ionic 6s in Q2, 7,905 Ionic 5s, up 6% year over year. And then there was the Kona. Don't forget the Kona, their best-selling EV with 18,705 sales, up 8% year over year. So I'd have to say, remember you had this prediction that Hyundai is one of the stronger EV companies is kind of coming true. I'm willing to bet Hyundai will still be standing at number three ahead of GM at the end of this year as well. Prediction! <laughs> I think Hyundai has a good chance of overtaking Ford next year as well for the number two EV spot in the U.S. And those Hyundai sales numbers we cited don't even include Kia. Yeah, Hyundai is the parent company of Kia, so you really should count them. So if we take a look at the first half of this year, because I know we just threw a lot of numbers at you, but let's let's not worry so much about the quarter. Let's look at the whole first six months this year. Here are the top five EV sellers in the U.S. Wow, look at GM. <laughs> look at that chart. Wow. Um, <laughs> Good job, are, GM. Are you 369%. It's amazing. Are, are, you're looking at the Woo! Are you looking at the percentage change? Look at that bar. Damn. Woohoo! Yes, that's because they made so <laughs> You led, Mary. You electrified the entire automobile industry. I'm serious. Uh, it's because in 2022 they made so few EVs. That's why. That was a strategy. It's to get, yeah, there, look at that change. Uh, but okay, so with the important number. You, you do remember the whole bolt fiasco. So the important number here is the dark blue yes. on the left, right. the, the January to June 2023 numbers. Yes. And you can see there that if you take the, the, the number two, number three, number four, number five, and you add those together, you don't even get anywhere close to number one, which is Tesla. Yeah, Tesla sold 200,000 cars plus more than its top four U.S. <laughs> competitors combined. It, it just, it's it, like... It needs like eight more top competitors. <laughs> exactly. But don't worry, they're catching up. They're going to get us. Okay. They're, they're coming. How are they going to do that? The, slow but steady. Okay. Just keep... Just keep spreading out different models. We got to get new models. Confuse the customer. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about a new model. Okay. Uh, which doesn't even make it on the list. But okay. anyway, uh, last Tuesday, Stellantis unveiled the Fiat 600e. Wait, so they unveiled it? What does that mean again when they unveil something? Right. So on the spectrum of is this thing going to be a real car, it's pretty far down the line. Okay. Uh, this comes after rumored, mm -hmm. unconfirmed, mm -hmm. leaked, mm -hmm. confirmed, design sketches approved, uh, concept Prototype under the sheet, then camouflage spotted out in the wild, then silhouette, then teaser, second teaser, and previewed. Of course. Oh, so we're previewed? No, no, we're no. after preview. Oh, we're at unveiled. And okay. we're at unveiled. Okay, now, okay. unveiling is, of course, before the release of the final price, uh, delay of production, production setbacks, right. delivery to early reservation holders, gotcha. price increase, mm -hmm. unbelievable mechanical problems, uh, recall, battery problems middling sales, and early discontinuation. Wow. 
Uh, tell us how you really feel. Sorry, I just don't really have high hopes for this thing. All right, well, enough of your bias. Tell us the stats. All right, the Fiat 600e sits atop Stellantis's eSIMP platform and has a 54 kilowatt hour battery uh -huh. for 249 miles of range. That's WLTP. Oh. So think more like 200. 200-ish. Okay. It has 100 kilowatt charging speed. That's it. That's it. Uh, 115 kilowatt motor for a zero to 60 time of nine seconds. That teeny car takes nine seconds to get to 60? Yeah. Now, that's not the quarter mile time. That's the zero to 60 <laughs> That's time. pathetic. Yes. In the time we've been making fun of it, it's just reached 60 miles an hour. All right. So what's the price? In Italy, it starts for 39,950 euros. That's nearly $40,000. That's all you get for $40,000? I forgot to mention the big thing. Okay. The sorry. thing that everyone's talking about. Yeah. The massaging driver's seat. Oh, you get a massaging driver's seat. Italian spa experience. Oh, well, forget what I everything I just said. Yeah, so just park in the driveway. That's all I care about. Because you don't need range. You mm -hmm. don't need charging speed. You need a massage. You don't need zero to 60 time if you can get a massage. You know what's funny? Luigi, where are you? <laughs> I'm getting a massage. Oh, it's so nice. It's lovely. <laughs> Can you just remind me, how much does the Model Y cost in Italy? In Italy, the Model Y starts at about $49,000. Okay, um, so $9,000 more, you get a real car, or <laughs> you can get this. Well, look, I do think that it probably works well in Italy, and that's probably a big reason why they're not going to sell it in the United States. Okay. We haven't heard anything, but they're like, they're like teasing about it. Okay. So it sounds like you don't like the eSIM platform, and neither do I, but don't worry. Stellantis has a trick up their sleeve. The STLA platform. Well, I'm glad that it has a better name at least. Um, so this is a vehicle platform, meaning that you can put different car shapes on top of it, just like Lego bricks. Exactly. Um, so what are the stats of this platform? Well, starting with the battery, anywhere from 310 to 435 miles. Wow. That's awesome. Well, that's WLTP. So I'd expect more like 250 to 350 miles with a battery of up to 98 kilowatt hours you can put into this platform. Okay. But what about the charge rate? They give us this chart here, which first of all states 20 to 80% in 27 minutes, which is pretty useless. But then they give us one of the most cursed units I've ever seen, 2.4 kilowatt hours per minute, which is like saying 20 miles per hour, hours per minute. What? <laughs> They've essentially given us a little fun algebra problem to do. So if you cancel out for time, you get 144 kilowatts. Charging speed. That's it? Why do you think they wanted to hide it? <laughs> They're like, well, we can't <laughs> tell them it's 144 kilowatts. Well, um, actually, I thought of a way that we could um, show it. What if it was, uh, we'll give them a little math problem to do. It's not just kilowatts. <laughs> no, no. Kilowatt hours per minute. Mm, you'll have to divide by 60 for that one. Uh, I, it wouldn't be so funny if it wasn't true. They're hiding they the numbers. They had to hide it. They're they like, had they're to. Like, well, hang on there, Steve. Uh, 144 kilowatts, that's it. I thought I thought uh, Tesla's doing 250 these days. Isn't Aren't our, all our competitors doing 350? Well, I mean, yeah, 144, it's really the best we could do. I mean, this is like a going back in time platform. Yeah, these are 2018 numbers. Yeah. And again, that's what it is as a platform. This doesn't mean that any car built on it will actually hit these numbers. Right. They're not selling the platform. So they don't have to get the range right or anything. No. This is just a platform. Yeah. Right. They, like no one can sue them and be like, your platform doesn't have the range that it says. So they can say whatever he, range they want. Here's I think what they did. They took a 2016 Model <laughs> S. They tore it apart. They figured out how to do it. It took them years. And then they're like, see, we've caught up to Tesla. And then someone was like, uh, you do know that Tesla's been going Working faster. On this. How about the octo valve? Do you have yeah. that? What? What's an octo valve? Um, but, you know, great. Now now I can't wait to see all the crappy cars that they... Hey, the we've coming out with the Jeep something or other. Yeah, but they've got the Stella platform. It's on the Stella platform, which sounds a hell of a lot better than the eSimp. <laughs> or the eKimp. <laughs> the eKimp. All right, it's time for Into the Future. Which is sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. Yes. Use their razor. It's the best on the planet. You can also get 100 free blades when you use Now You Know at checkout. Into the future. So I know this segment is called Into the Future. So what futuristic thing uh, do we have to report on this week? Well, it's not futuristic. We're actually going to be talking about something that will be happening 
in the future. Okay, so like Tesla bots and Starship flights on Mars? Uh, yes, those things will be happening, but also Chevys. Chevys, like Chevy Bolts? Not the Chevy Bolt. That's being discontinued and will not be in the future. I'm talking about the Chevy Blazer SSEV. That's old news, isn't it? I mean, we already reported on the Chevy Blazer EV like a couple months ago. Yes, but now GM announced that, that it's not going to be ready for the fall release like they had previously announced. They've postponed it into the future. Now it will be coming in the spring of 2024, which, of course, is the future. So... People are going to have to wait to get their all-wheel drive Blazer SS with the 557 horsepower, 0 to 60 in under 4 seconds, 290 miles of range with special black front grille and SS badging, which is horrible, by the way. I mean, seriously, <laughs> they still use SS? <laughs> like, okay. Starting price is $65,995. I guess the good news is that the first of the five trims of the Blazer just rolled off the line last week. So deliveries of the $47,595 starting price 2LT trim with 293 miles of range should be starting soon. It's not confusing at all. I totally understood that entire thing. <laughs> segment i get it that makes this is america sense. we have five different trim levels you want a 2lt show you come on yeah, down to the dealership son. <laughs> who do you want the ss um so it'll be interesting to see how well they'll sell i'd actually like to take one for a spin so let us know if you live in the new england area and you get one whatever trim i would love to see if the blazer on the ultium platform is ultimate yeah mm. I, I think it's gonna have a lot more to do with suspension and I don't have the highest of hopes. But. All right, it's time for going green. So I didn't really care for this story, but Rivian just announced this week that they have delivered their first 300 EDVs. EDVs? Uh, that's the delivery vans. Didn't they already deliver the delivery vans? To Amazon in Munich, Germany. Huh? So this is a shorter and thinner van than the American version to better fit on European roads? Yes. And these 300 vans join their American cousins to make over 3,000 vans that Amazon has already deployed. Huh. I, I would have expected there to be more by this point. Remember, they made the announcement for doing the whole van thing way back in 2019. Yeah. Kind of makes you wonder what was going on at the Amazon Rivian meeting. Okay. We can make 300 EDVs this quarter. You want them, Amazon? Hey, uh, I have an idea. Instead of just adding what I think we would both agree is a lame number of trucks to our American fleet, we use those 300 trucks in Europe. But it's like a whole new thing. Perfect. The Europeans will love it. The shareholders will love it. And it will sound really impressive to anyone who wasn't paying any attention. Yeah, and we're going to talk a lot more about Rivian this week on our Patreon Investor Club bonus story. So if you want to join us on Patreon, uh, that's a great way to learn what's really hot and what's really not. All right, it's time for Sunspots. So there's a big offshore wind farm that's already underway, and it just passed a really big milestone. Take a look at this. What am I looking at? Uh, see all those people? Wait, those are people? Those look like like little Skittles or something. No, they're real people. Those the, are this, wow. this is the EEW American Offshore Structures Factory in Paulsboro, New Jersey, near Philadelphia. Those big steel tubes next to those people are the first steel monopile foundations for New Jersey's first offshore wind farm, the 1,100 megawatt Ocean Wind One project, which the DOE just approved last week. This project is owned by Danish wind giant Orsted. There will be 98 GE Halliade X 12 megawatt wind turbines. So do the math. 98 times 12 megawatts, that's 1176 megawatts, located 15 miles southeast of Atlantic City. So what can 1.1 gigawatts power? It will be powering 380,000 homes when it's completed at the end of 2024. New Jersey has the goal of building 7.5 gigawatts of offshore wind power by 2035. And, you know, we have a Now You Know Clips channel on YouTube, which we chop these stories into little bite-sized, easy-to-share clips. This might be a good one to share if you have a person in your life who's like, I don't believe in global warming. Just answer them with, do you like American jobs? Do you like cheap, clean energy? Because these little people here in South Jersey are all Americans bringing manufacturing back to America. And if you'd like to put solar on your house so that you can be creating your own pretty much free energy, talk to our friends at EnergyPal. They help answer all your questions about taxes and rebates and all that stuff that's hard to keep up with. Let them know that Zach and Jesse sent you. The link is down below. All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. We need your stories. So remember to send them in to us two minutes or less, 
Shoot them in landscape with good audio and no music and send them to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. What do we got this week, Jess? Annika and Robert sent us this story of them going for a bike ride on the new bike path at Giga Berlin. Hello, Zach and Jesse. I'm Robert here at the Giga Factory Berlin Brandenburg. Uh, we came here today on a Sunday uh, using the new bike path that they inaugurated very recently and wanted to show it because it's a really nice path. It goes from Egna to the factory. It is really nice, a very relaxing experience through the forest. And it's a very nice opportunity to use it to go to work or just to come on a Sunday like we did and show your family where you work and produce as many cars per week. So thank you very much for everything you do. You have a really nice community and now you know. I didn't know there was a bike path at Giga Berlin. That's fun. Now I want to go on it. I totally do. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that story. That's, I mean, that's what our community is all about. Yes. Wow. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. Remember, you can help support our channel. Head on over to patreon.com slash now you know. The link is down below. You can support us for as little as a buck a month. You get all of our Patreon bonus stories. Plus, there's a lot of other cool perks there. We'll see you there. All right, we're back from our Patreon bonus stories. It's time for the Patreon poll. If, at the $2 level, you get to join our poll. And we asked what question this week? Would you like to get paid to drive a Tesla? Yes. <laughs> yes. Where do I click yes? And uh, basically, most people said yes. Um, but a lot of people think they're a little too hoity-toity for that kind of thing. Hmm. Oh, I doubt that, they'd pay me enough. I don't think they're going to pay me enough. But, uh, fair enough. Uh, you know, if they do actually give you a Tesla and you know to drive during this period, I think it's well worth it. If you get to take it home, yeah, you probably don't. <laughs> you got to come Why back. Not? Why not, though? I know, right? Maybe you do. Who knows? I, please tell me if you do this program. I'd love to hear. Sweet about gig, it. sweet, sweet gig. gig for people who are like. Hey, I'm rich now, everybody. <laughs> I drive a Tesla. Um, I'd like to drive the Model X today. Uh, Clarence, why do you have all those cameras in the car? <laughs> it's just to document my life. I'm a vlogger. All right, it's time for Elon's tweets of the week. And Goth said, Foundation season two is coming soon and we are hyped, or nah? Elon said, wish we could have a Foundation TV series that at least vaguely represented the books. I was so let down Ooh. season one. Yeah. Shibatoshi Nakamoto said, how did we go through thousands of years of evolution and the sun still kicks our skin's ass? Elon said, got sunburned again last week. Sigh. Constantin says, can we live without religion? As a lapsed atheist, I'm starting to wonder out loud. Elon said, most people need something. Thomas Slabber says, here's my take on Musk's step against bots and scrapers and how it enhances user experiences and ad efficiency. And Elon said, accurate, unless bots start buying things at scale, only human views count. And he's talking about, again, the fact that Twitter is being scraped. So many people this week were like, it's not fair. I only get to read 600 tweets a day. This is a temporary thing, folks, while he figures but, it out. But also... <laughs> Like 600 <laughs> tweets a day. Like, I, where, what are you doing? Join Twitter Blue and you can read 8,000. Like, I go to the bathroom, but I don't go to the bathroom <laughs> that much. Michael Schellenberger said, experts said yesterday anti-censorship court ruling was too badly written to be implemented, but it's already working. The State Department today canceled its regular Wednesday meeting with Facebook and all future meetings pending further guidance. Elon said, I wonder what goes on at the regular Wednesday meeting. Ooh. Greg Price says the government is going to fight in court for the right to censor people on the Internet that disagree with their policies. Elon said, extremely concerning. Yeah, this is that Missouri case. Rowan Chung says, Inflection AI just created a $880 million AI supercomputer. Elon said, won't be long before there are many such clusters, some considerably larger. Internal tech email says Elon Musk on Instagram in 2018. And he basically just said, I just deleted my Instagram weak sauce. Elon said it is infinitely preferable to be attacked by strangers on Twitter than indulge in the false happiness of the hide the pain Instagram. Elon said, must confess to a deep love of fashion and architecture. Homar's catalog says our state is run by morons. And this is from the headline from Forbes. Nicholas snags $42 million from California to build hydrogen truck stations. Elon said California has pushed hydrogen for a long time. Makes no sense. Twitter Daily News says Twitter is threatening to sue Meta over systematic, willful and unlawful misappropriation of Twitter's trade secrets and IP, as well as scraping of Twitter's data in a cease and desist letter sent yesterday to Zuckerberg by Elon's lawyer, Alex Spiro. Elon says competition is fine. Cheating is not. And Doge Designer said Meta's new app was built entirely using this keyboard. Copy and paste. Alex says the dangers of a world where Zuck controls all social media and tweeted out this screenshot from back when Zuck started Facebook. Calling us all dumb Elon said, any social media monopoly is despair. Hmm. Simeon said, the true state of AI development is so insane that if you tell it to someone outside tech without quoting authorities, they'll think you're lying. 
Elon said, yep. Stephen King said, Musk versus Zuckerberg reminds me of what Oscar Wilde had to say about fox hunting, the unspeakable in pursuit of the inedible. Elon said, in the spirit of self-awareness, what are you? Not the Bee said, Meta's Twitter clone launches immediately censors anyone with unapproved thoughts. Elon says, imagine if all social media were under Zuck's thumb. Dave Rubin says, the corporate press is the enemy of the people. And that's a quote from Michael Malice. Elon says, with rare exception, this is true. I think Twitter being the exception. Zero Hedge says, French cops can now secretly activate phone cameras, microphones, and GPS to spy on citizens in France. Elon said, phones are not safe. Twitter Daily News says Twitter sued Watchell, the law firm that represented the company in the Delaware case that sought to force Elon to complete his purchase of Twitter. Elon says Watchell brags about how many former Delaware judges work at their firm. They specialize in institutionalized corruption. Helen Yee says GSP talks about what it was like training Elon Musk. Elon says the appreciation is mutual. Micah says new for me, satellite operators and government agencies are increasingly dependent on one company to help them reach orbit, SpaceX. The fact is that the competition can't field anything right now, and that make SpaceX de facto monopoly. Elon says countries and companies aim too low. Their lack of ambition is their shortfall. The mission of SpaceX is to make life multiplanetary. Even slightly succeeding in the goal results in crushingly good performance to Earth orbit. Elon Musk's parody account which could be Elon or it could not be. I don't know. He says, I spent $44 billion for this app and now Lizard Boy just decided to hit copy and paste. It's personal now. See you in the cage, Zuck. Elon says, so many people think this account is me. And Ashley says, I love that you didn't dispute Zuck being a Lizard Boy. Elon said, maybe it's just a case of using too much moisturizer. <laughs> Randy says, ugh, gross. It's legitimately just smells like burnt hair. My wife after sniffing it. <laughs> Trunk Fan says MSG is spending $2.3 billion to build the Las Vegas sphere and make the world's biggest eyeballs ever is totally worth it. Elon said, it's awesome. Now, I thought this was just fake. Like, I thought this was CGI. This is a real building, folks. Uh, they built it. Uh, it was on delay because of COVID, but now it's up and running. And those are pictures of actual video. You should look at some video. It's crazy. Tesla Shill says FSD beta version 11.4.4 is amazing. There's so many people who don't believe a car can drive itself. Their reaction when they experience it is priceless. Showed it off to a friend. He called up everyone he possibly could to tell them about FSD. Elon said, most people still don't get it because they think you're still partly driving. They only fully understand when they are in the driver's seat, but aren't driving it at all. Boy says Dune is great because there's a dude named Duncan Idaho and he's somehow the only normal person in the galaxy. So they keep resurrecting him over and over again for 30,000 years to fix humanity's problems. Elon says Dune is over 10,000 years in the future. That's like somebody today being named after an unpronounceable mid-sized province in ancient Sumeria. Doge designer says, remember this chat between Mark Zuckerberg and his friend during the early days of Facebook? Elon said, charming. Holmar's catalog says the United Auto Workers Union in May said it was not yet endorsing Biden for re-election, citing his electric vehicle policies. Elon said, wow. Daniela Souza says Art Deco is a harmonious marriage of boldness and elegance, a celebration of modernity and timeless craftsmanship. Elon says, love Art Deco. Elon Musk said that three more engines for the meaning of life, the outside context problem. I don't know if that's the name of the ship. <laughs> you never can tell. Ashley said, I just told 127,000 followers on Instagram that I'm deleting my account. I no longer want to give my attention to companies and people who hate me, who hate fundamental American values. For now, I'll be on Twitter and Twitter only. Ramsey said, yeah, deleted my IG threads today, too. Once Elon confirmed he's protecting anonymity, I only need one. And Elon said, with every fiber in my body. That's how much he's going to protect anonymity. Uh, and then he said, Zuck is a c**k. I propose a literal measuring contest. <laughs> Maybe he thought he was on his other account. I don't know. Uh, Lior says this is such an interesting finding. The performance of language models is highest when relevant information appear at the beginning or end of the input context the sig and significantly lower. Otherwise, you can adjust your prompts accordingly. Elon said like humans. Nick Huber says there are only three levels of wealth. Um, and he talked about, you know, you can pay bills without stress. And then Elon said level nine is making humanity a multi-planet species and true spacefaring civilization. This is why I'm gathering resources. <laughs> So there aren't three levels. Wait, what are the other what uh, six levels of uh, of wealth? I don't. Well, yeah, when you're a billionaire, there's a lot of other there's, levels. There's more when, levels when you can buy an that. island. I think you're on a different level. <laughs> there's more paid DLC that you can buy. Penny Two X says thirty three Raptor engines on Super Heavy, nine engines on Starship, forty two is the meaning of life. 
Elon says, looks like we can increase Raptor thrust by about 20% to reach 9,000 tons, uh, 20 million pounds of force at sea level, and deliver over 200 tons of payload to a useful orbit with full and rapid reusability. 50 rockets flying every three days on average enables over a megaton of payload to orbit per year, enough to build a self-sustaining city on Mars. Charlie Light says Mark Zuckerberg making everyone forget that he wasted $12 billion on the metaverse last year. Or that Facebook is still a misinformation spreading machine. Elon says censorship pays them well. All right, it's time for Community Mail Time. Community Mail Time. Remember, share your stories, your videos with us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Antonio spotted this Waymo test vehicle driving in Phoenix, Arizona. Ahmed sent us these pictures of EVs that he spotted in Pakistan. Alfred sent us these pictures of some Teslas in the parking lot of Giga Berlin. What's on the roof of that one? <laughs> the rocket launcher. <laughs> he was working on the turret. <laughs> Wally spotted this blue Porsche Taycan in East Vancouver, British Columbia. Willie sent us this Captain America themed Model 3 he saw. Morgan spotted this Rivian R1T in Coquitlam, British Columbia. Joe found this Model Y with Cybertruck inspired wheel covers in Rochester, New York. Those look sick. Yeah. Colin saw this BYD Atto 3 in Victoria, Australia. Christopher spotted this Spider-Man-themed VinFast in Torrance, California. John found these Rivian Adventure Network chargers at the Fall Creek Falls State Park in Tennessee. And Joe Jetski spotted this Tesla Model S with the license plate Spaceballs in Sacramento, California. He also inadvertently spotted a white Model 3. Because <laughs> they're everywhere. <laughs> All right, now it's time for EV Tips of the Week. Remember, we used to do this back in the day. I thought we'd bring it back. And we got Sean here to tell us about running your EV chargers in a clothes dryer at the same time. Hey, Zach and Jesse. I'm here to show you a tip for charging electric cars. Currently have a Model Y and a Model 3. And we used to share an outlet with the dryer, which is now out here. It had a 1430 NEMA. And then we used this Neo charge box, which was great for us. And we had no issues at all. So I'm not sure if anybody um, doesn't know what this is, but you plug in the dryer to the main and then you plug the charger for the cars in the secondary. And what it'll do is smartly disconnect from the dryer to the electric car. So if you need to dry, it'll just start the dryer. The cars stop charging. It smartly disconnects. And then when you're done with the dryer, the dryer turns off, the cars just start charging again. Everything's been fine. But just because of technology and cool things, notice my washer and dryer is sitting out here. GE just brought out a two-in-one washer-dryer combo. And here we are. So I've replaced my washer and dryer with a single unit. What the kicker with this is, is it only is using 120. There's no 240 on this unit. It's also ventless and it uses heat pump technology, which oddly enough, when it's running the drying cycle, sounds very familiar to our Model Y, which is a 2021 with the heat pump. So crazy technology is in the washer dryer unit now. And now it's opened up an outlet, which I could technically like I was before, I had it running out here into the garage, but after converting from a gas stove to electric, I ran new electric to get the gas stove out of the house. Got an electric stove. I had extra cable left over that was enough to put in a 1450 NEMA outlet. So I plug in my home charger to this, and now I'm getting 32 amps. It's a 50 amp breaker. 32 amps um, is max on this, which gets me about 30, 31 miles an hour charge rate, which is seven, eight higher than what I was getting out of the 30 amp 1430. So I don't know, it's, it's great. So just so you know, there's lots of different options here, but this new washer dryer unit gets, adds space, gives you an extra outlet too. So now you know. I didn't know that they had closed dryers with heat pump technology. I didn't either. So this is going to make your dryer heck of a lot more efficient. I mean, it only runs on 110. Free up a whole circuit. You free up an entire circuit. Wow. That's sweet. That is sweet. Sweet tip. Thank you so yeah. much, Sean. Remember, send in your EV tips as well, and uh, we'll get them on the show. All right, it's time for Supercharger Reviews. Let's see what we got out there in the world. Hey, Zach and Jesse. It's Mike here at a uh, brand new Tesla Supercharger Station in Kenneth Square, Pennsylvania. It's an eight-station charge 
It's like the 250 kilowatt one and uh, just something neat over here. You see the uh, handicap spot. It's got a uh, unique handle on here, easily uh, more accessible if you're on a wheelchair uh, to grab that and be able to put it in your car. So that's kind of cool. It's right here at the Wawa. Uh, Tesla and Wawa signed an agreement about a year ago and it's flourishing here in the Mid-Atlantic and uh, Northeast to uh, the superchargers at the Wawa locations, especially the uh, brand new ones. Take care, and now you know. Hey, Zach and Jesse, this is Kevin at the 12 stall V3 supercharger location outside of Rockford, Illinois. Superchargers are located in the parking lot of Woodman's Market. Woodsman Market is open 24 hours, so plenty of opportunity to shop and get those much needed bathroom breaks. Across McFarland Road, there is a Goodwill, there's a few other small businesses, but pretty much Woodman's is the big thing around here. So I would rate this supercharger a seven out of 10. Now you know. Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Leonard here at the supercharger in Lohne, uh, directly at the A1. And we have here, as you can see, 12 version two superchargers. And here on the sides, there are, there are um, eight more version three chargers, which are new. And um, around here you have um, the Burger King here, and also um, this Asian restaurant, as well as this uh, gas station here, where you can also get uh, a coffee and, and, and some other uh, snacks. And um, well, there's not much more around here, as you can see, but um, I would still give it like a seven out of 10 because the location is really great. And there are always free places here to charge. And there's also, one charger here in the middle, which is a non-Tesla chargers, but I've never seen anybody charging there before. I've been coming here a couple of times and um, yeah, now you know. Hey, Zach and Jesse, I'm Olivia. And I'm Lee. And we are uh, here in San Diego, California. It's a little windy today, so we're doing this from inside the car. But we're sitting at, in Liberty Station at the brand new supercharging station here. I'll give you some quick footage here. There are about 12 stalls that just opened up about a week ago, I think. Uh, and Liberty Station is a commercial and residential development that has uh, that is located in a former naval training facility. It's kind of a neat place, and there's a lot of stuff going on here. What do you, what kind of stuff do we have around this, Ellie? Well, over here there are two grocery stores and many restaurants within a short walking distance. Such as. Well, there's a Starbucks, a Panera, there's a Trader Joe's, there's a Vons. There's a Cold Stone Creamery, there's uh, Slater's 50-50, there's uh, Stone Brewery, there's Bona Forchata. That's all within literally just a couple minutes walk from here. So from an amenities standpoint, I think we would agree that it gets a 10 out of 10. Location-wise, we're about two miles west of Interstate 5. Um, and the traffic getting in and out of here can be pretty crazy. So I don't really see anybody passing through San Diego coming to this station uh, for convenience. But if you have to come here, like some people. Like me, because I come here twice a week for ballet lessons. And every other week I come here for singing lessons on Saturday. Yeah, so we're here quite a bit. And uh, even though there are some other EV charging stations here, some third party stations. I've never been able to get them to work. So it's pretty cool that now we have everything we need here. Um, so for us, it's pretty convenient, but for everybody else from that perspective, I'd probably give it a two out of 10. Anyway, that's our review of the Liberty Station supercharging station. Now you know, back, back to, to you, you Zach, Zach and Jesse. Jesse. Thank you so much for doing Supercharger Reviews. We put them all on our website, nowyouknowchannel.com, um, and you can see the map with all of them there, and you can submit your own, so that way other people can find them. All right, what do we got for new superchargers in the world this week? We've got the 16 stall in Azusa, California. We've got number 1732 in China, the three stall in Chuzhong. Number 141 in South Korea is the eight stall in Tebek. 
South Korea. Number 138 in Florida is the 8-stall Endoral. Number 369 in California is the 12-stall 72-kilowatt, so it's urban, in San Francisco at 16th Street, California. Number 152 in France is the 12-stall in Riom. Number 38 in Arizona is the 12-stall in Chandler, Arizona. Number 129 in Texas is the 12-stall in Houston. Number 5 in Rhode Island is the 8-stall at East Greenwich Division Street in Rhode Island. And number 80 in Japan, number 5269 in the world is the 6-stall in Yokohama, Minato Mirai, Japan. So, it wasn't 14 pages this week. But. Yes, mm-hmm. but there's still a lot more being added. And uh, I spotted one being built over in Lowell. Oh, right just down the street. Lowell, Massachusetts. That's awesome. Right what? between 495 and Route 3. Oh, that's perfect. It's perfectly located. It's got a 99. Can't wait to review it when it comes out. Nice. But hey, thank you so much for watching. Thank you for being a part of our community. If you're one of the many awesome people listed here, thank you. You make this show possible. It is your support that makes our work of bringing you independent news and ideas and research and content possible week in and week out. And if you're not on the list, consider joining us on Patreon. For as little as a buck a month, you can watch all of our Patreon bonus stories. Special content that we make just for our patrons. So we'll see you guys next week. Now you know. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.